Hey there, everyone. It is your friendly neighborhood DM, Giancarlo Herrera here with a very special treat for you today. Uh, this is not a bonus Dungeons & Dragons episode, but rather an introduction to friend of the show, Dungeons & Dragons. You've probably heard of them and you probably love them, but if you haven't heard of them or haven't checked in with them in a while, allow me to share an episode with you today. For those of you not familiar, Dungeons & Dragons is an improvised, actual play, comedic fantasy podcast that will leave you laughing, crying, and rooting for every character you meet. Much like the Drimbus crew, the team over at Dungeons & Dragons, that is Russ, Amy, Tom, and Carla, they were all friends before they started the podcast, and that chemistry really shines through. They have a lot of the same propensities for improv and riffing, harassing random NPCs for entire episodes, as well as thrills and adventure. And fun fact about Dungeons & Dragons, their world is set in the Forgotten Realms world. So for you D&D veterans, you're going to love all of that lore and the way that the team puts their own unique spin on it. And if you don't know what the Forgotten Realms are, then that's fine too. It's totally unnecessary. They do a great job of guiding you through their world and characters, and it's all very original and frankly hilarious. I'm always happy to see a new Dungeons & Dragons episode in my feed, and that is Dumgeons, as in a dumbass, uh, D-U-M-B-G-E-O-N-S, and Dragons, and I'm sure you'd love to make it a part of your listening routine too. Now, the episode I'm about to share with you is Season 1, Episode 74, and it's a primer for their Season 2 characters, Moot, Glim, and Sully, which then leads directly into Season 2, Episode 1. So it's a great place to jump on either for the first time, or if you checked out Season 1 and maybe fell off the show, great place to hop back in. Season 2 has concurrent storylines with both their original characters from Season 1 and the characters that you're about to meet from Season 2. Trust me, it's a lot of fun. It sounds more complicated than it is. But I think that's enough talking. Please enjoy this episode. If you love it, go check out Dungeons & Dragons on your podcast app of choice. Let them know we sent you. Tell them how much you love them. And enjoy the episode. Welcome to Dungeons & Dragons. We're a D&D 5th edition actual play podcast, and I'm your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore. And with me today is... Amy Moore. Yes, she is. I'm Amy Moore. And I'm playing... Who do you regularly play? I regularly play Thea Amastasia. And also with us, Tom Laird. Hey, that's me. Uh, I saw a really weird commercial earlier for a show called Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club. So we've got that to contend with as alternative programming. Uh, and I normally play Flint Firebeard. Does it play at the same time as we do? Like, are we competing I would assume in prime time? always, though, honey. Mm. It's a podcast. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think it's a real show, so... <laughs> well, we've got that going for us. And also with us, Carla Johnson. And I play New Lara Moonbrook, and I had a dream last night that was very real, and I only just now realized it clearly must have been a dream that I was out at a restaurant and there was a child sitting beside me named New Lara. <laughs> but that can't be okay. real, right? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a real name, but... It's it's not a totally wacky name or anything. It just maybe there are people who are now naming their children Flinthia Nulara because of the podcast. Oh, that certainly can't. That's be true. terrifying. Oh, I mean, I certainly, I certainly would just not enjoy that at all for that child. You no, know, I would just um, give them a good middle name. I could actually see any of our names being names. Well, Thea is a name. The, mm -hmm. the kid's got. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Thea is. But even Flint. Flint. Like, yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. 
Yeah. I can see that. I once taught a kid named Sunshine and also one yeah. named Boogie. So oh, Flinty and Nulara are not bad names. <laughs> no, there are no bad no, names. See? Maybe that's what I'm saying. Today we are we're looking to the future of Dungeons and Dragons is what we're doing. And Flinty and Nulara, they've got a big battle coming up. Now we don't know how that battle's going to turn out. Uh we're we're all hoping for the best. Um, but it is the inevitable rise of TMS. So <laughs> exactly. And I mean, we've pissed Russ off and a lot. We are exceptionally <laughs> irritating people. So it, yeah. it's, I mean, it's still all up to the <laughs> dice rolls, and we still plan on going ahead with Flinthy and Nulara. However, we would like to explore the world around at a lower level. Two double meaning there. But so we're starting with some new characters today. And these characters will we'll do a couple episodes here, but they won't be back until. After that battle, Tom, who is your character? Uh, my character is a fellow by the name of Murin Aurel Odania Torserin, but you can call him Moot. <laughs> uh, he's the youngest of uh, a whole bunch of kids. He's a half orc. Uh, and since he was the youngest of a bunch of kids, his opinion often didn't matter. And hence, it was a moot point most of the time. So the nickname kind of stuck for him. Uh, he is a wild magic sorcerer, so half orc sorcerer. Orcserer, a weird combo, Sorkser? but I'm on board with it. We can do this. Orcserer, sorcerer, sorcerer, yeah, sor or sorcerer orc, sorcerer orc. <laughs> yep, got in yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, that was one. <laughs> that was one, right? Yep. One. It was one just one really long effort. one. <laughs> and Carla. Who is your character? My character also goes by a nickname, as is the way of her people. Her name is Narixius Acra. So Narixius is her clan. But everybody calls her Glim. So I am a dragonborn paladin. And she goes by Glim because her scales are particularly um, shimmering and beautiful. Like metallic brass, rose gold, um, a little bit of platinum. So she thinks... And everyone from her clan thinks she's something pretty darn special. So Glim, when she was a kid, everyone called her Glimmer. So Glim. Oh, I like it. You're so fancy. Yes. I imagine you with a unicorn horn, and I, I know that's not <laughs> how. I know that's not what dragonborns Maybe. look like. Dragonborns can wear hats. That's true. <sighs> yeah, they can. <laughs> really fun hats. Too. Really fun unicorn horn style hats. And Amy. My character's name is Sullivan Slight. He is a Lightfoot Halfling Rogue. And he was, uh, he actually has a little bit of a sad backstory. The Cult of the Dragon um, decimated his village when he was like nine or ten. And he had what Russ called like a Thanos moment where um, he was found huddling under uh, a pile of like wreckage, essentially wood from homes. Uh, he was found by one of the head cultists and was essentially taken in. And from a very young age, he had been indoctrinated into the cult of the dragon doing small jobs where they needed somebody small like a halfling and slight and sneaky. Sullivan Slight. We find you in Luskin. 
So Sully is from a small village outside of Ethkatla, and um, a group of, when he was 10 years old, a group of the Cult of the Dragon came and decimated his entire village, murdered his family in front of him. He was huddling in a pile, probably a pile of ruins, um, could potentially have been a wood pile. He doesn't really remember much from that time, but he was found cowering in the ruins by the head cultist, Akthar Tarvan. And uh, he was taken by Athkar and indoctrinated into the Cult of the Dragons. And he was groomed to do their spy work. Being a halfling, mm -hmm. he was really good at fitting into tight spaces, going places unnoticed. And for years, um, he was loyal and did recon for the cult. Um, and he would bring back tales of, and let me, like if this mm -hmm. is like right in timeline wise, at this point after, you know, he, he's been with them for seven years or so, seven or eight years, um, bringing back tales of the decimators of dragons who are fighting back. Akthar sent Sully to Luskin with a group to learn higher skills, as he put it. Um, Sully wasn't sure what that was meaning, but um, he went anyway because he saw what happened to people who said no to Akthar and so went along without too much of a stink. So you're with a, a small group of cultists and you're pretty, you're keeping, like you said, pretty under the radar. Um, you're wearing more or less common or mercenary clothes. Yeah. Uh, Luskin is a big uh, travel city. So you, you, more, you fit in. There's no need to really hide. There's a lot of... It's a whole hiding in plain sight thing. Unsavory fellows who you're with. One of them's name is Benty and Barty. They're brothers. You're kind of going merchant to merchant, um, just kind of seeing what they have available. Um, and uh, Benty, he comes up to you. He's like, all right, kid, we got the job. So you're ready to go? What, what's the job? Look, Akhtar said you wasn't going to ask no questions. Yeah, he said you was pretty easy to just come along. It, is that all I'm doing, is coming along? Well, I mean, you, you told us to teach you the ropes, yeah? What kind of ropes are we talking about? Oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, 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 what he said. Okay. Meet us at the, meet us at the room tonight, and then we'll, we'll head out and go... Get on our way, okay? We'll be there by morning. Okay. Sure. Yeah, okay. They wander off, um, blending into the crowd. What do you do before you have to go to the room? Uh, I probably go to probably a, like a local pub or a bar somewhere where there's music playing and I sit in the back. Um, I don't order anything, but I love, Sully like loves listening to the music. So anytime he can, anytime he's on a mission, he takes a small amount of time out of his schedule and 
will find where Bard is playing and get his news, essentially, because he doesn't like to talk to people. So, yeah, you head to uh, the Cutlass, which is one of the larger, more well-known taverns in town. You sit down in the back and there's a bard playing and you order a drink or whatever you order. Nothing. Nothing? Nope. Okay. You blend in quite nicely. Nobody really know, pays too much attention to you. Um, you see a lot of people coming and going and um, there, there's a trio that kind of catches your eye. There's a, a dwarf and an elf and a human and they walk up to the bar and you see them kind of stumbling about not knowing what they're doing there either. But otherwise, uh, it, it goes by rather uneventful. Um, and it's about time that you should be going to meet Benty and Barty. I um, pass by where the, um, where the bard had out his hat and I, and I put a silver coin down and I continue out and to the room reluctantly like almost slowly you're walking your way to to the to the room where you're staying um and make a perception check oh my ooh 16 plus perception 17 uh, you hear a wagon coming up behind you. Squeaky wheels. Yeah, very squeaky wheels. You hear the familiar voice of uh, Benty yell, God damn it, Barty, you're supposed to get something sneakier than this. Sorry, boss, it's all they had. He hops down and he's like, Okay, I was gonna like scoop you up and be like, Oh, you were, you were kidnapped and teach you a lesson about paying attention, but you could hear us coming from down the block, so... Is this what I'm here to learn about? No, just get in the wagon. We're going to be going on the road here. As I go around to the back of the wagon, I give the the heel of, like, I give the, the wheel a swift kick um, in the hub. And it doesn't squeak anymore. See, Barty, that's all you had to do. Sorry, boss. So you hop in. Yep. Um, and they set off. And uh, they don't outwardly tell you where they're where you're going. You just begin to travel out of Luskin and on your way. Can I tell if we're going north or south? Am I good at that kind of stuff? Yeah, you can make a direction roll, nature or survival. At fifteen. <laughs> yeah, you can tell you're heading in a westerly direction. You're on the road for at least two or three days. Oh my god. What do you guys... Are we there yet? You've been asking that the whole time. Look, we get there when we get there. We're going to meet up with some other folks and then uh, we're going to help out the boss, you know? Can you at least tell me what city we're going to? They kind of look at each other and say, no. Why? We're going to get there and you're going to be like, ah, we're in... Well, no, it's going to be a surprise to the people in the city. And I will somehow ruin that surprise by having that information. Gosh, you talk back a lot. 
God, boss said you were pretty easy going. Boss said you guys knew what you were doing. Okay, we're we're going we're going to the city of cars, okay? Was that so hard? Yeah, well, we were uh, we we tried I... to keep the the mirror of illusion and wonder in your tiny tiny Axar's going to be so brain. pissed when he finds out you told me. Oh shit. God damn it. We're in trouble now. <laughs> Another day goes by. And uh, you get to the high forest, and you are um, a distance away from the city of Carson. You're pulling up to an area where there is a large gathering of other cult members. So this is like some sort of birthday party? Yeah, you could say that because we're going to get all the presents and it's going to be really, really nice. Is it a raid? Yeah. Yeah, it's a raid. Look, you stick with us, you'll be you'll be okay, kid. Don't worry about it. How many, how many villages have you guys have you guys raided? Oh, I can't even count them on one hand. Look, we're going in we're going in at nighttime and it's it's going to be it's going to be just fine, all right? You just stick with us. You learn the ropes. What are these ropes that you keep talking about? Look, what have you been doing for the boss? I've been going to different cities, seeing who's meeting up together, mm -hmm. what kind of people are meeting in what groups, what they're talking about, and then coming back and giving them that information. Yeah, well, now we're in more of a, uh, less of an information gathering situation, more of a, um, uh, an item and house clearing situation. Got it? Good. Night comes and they signal to you that you're ready to go. The entire cult begins moving towards the city. It's dark, the canopy of the forest covers it quite well. It's not a lot of light. You see some light within houses as you get closer to this city. The cult has this place surrounded. They've got uh, any number of humans and drakes and wormlings all waiting to move. They get their signal, and everybody begins rushing into the city. They begin kicking in doors, setting fires. You hear people screaming as you're chasing behind Benty and Barty. What is Sully doing or feeling at this moment? Sully's never really been in this kind of situation. He's barely ever seen a battle, let alone been involved with one. Uh, his heart is racing. He's he's battling his feelings between following orders and the fear that he's feeling that's, that's coming up. And he's not quite sure where it's coming from, uh, but it's absolutely having to do with 
memories of this exact thing happening to his village when he was a child. As you see those memories flash in your in your mind's eye, Benty and Barty get to a door and they try to open it and it's locked. They kick it in and there's a scream from inside and a man rushes forward with a blade. He's tripped out the door and stabbed right in front of you at your feet by Barty. Benty then moves into the house and you hear more screaming. Barty pushes you into the house along with them. You see a woman and a child huddled in a corner, clutching various what could be construed as family heirlooms. And they strike them down. Cold blood. They don't strike out. They begin gathering things into sacks as the woman and the child and the man out in the street, the life drips away from them. They fill up their sacks and say, you're on the next one there, kid. What? And they begin moving towards the next house. Um, I, I think I remain frozen in this living space, just looking at the mother and child, just completely shocked and horrified. Come on, let's go. Um, yeah, guys, I, yeah, I, I don't think this is for me. What do you mean this isn't for you? Um, well, I'm not I'm not a fighter, and um, this is a lot of fighting. Look, Barty, just pick him up and let's get going, okay? Barty begins to move towards you. I back up. He rushes at you to try and grab you. I okay. try to dodge. Can a I dodge? Dexterity saving throw. 14. You kind of stumble backwards and he reaches for you and he trips over a floorboard and falls down um, and you manage to sneak to the side. The door is open in front of you. I rush at the door. You see Benty standing out in the street and saying, okay, let's get, hey, where's Barty? He'll be right there. And I rush in behind the house. So I make a hard right and rush in between the houses. You hear footsteps up into the building, and then he looks and sees, and he says, Kid, I'm coming! Get I'm, get back here! And then he, you hear footsteps in behind you. There's I, forest in front of you. I run into the forest. You hear footsteps keeping pace with you almost, and then you hear, Ah, oh, God! Barty's in the tree! I don't know if we're going to get him back. We'll just say maybe he, uh, he, he got shot with an arrow. Yeah, yeah, that'll go over well. All right. Boss isn't going to be too happy about that. You hear the footsteps stop and start to walk back towards. You hear screams and then an explosion. There's a large ball of fire that goes up in the city. 
I don't look back. I keep running. Where do we find Mirian or Lodania Torserin or Moot? Uh, yeah, Murin. First off, if you're going Murin, for, for sorry, second. that's all yeah. right. Marion. I said Murian. <laughs> yeah, that's too wise. Mid Marion. Mid Marion. Mid Marion. Um, yeah. yeah, so I mean, old school wise, he he grows up in uh, in the high forest, in a small forest village east of Kars. And uh, how old is Moot at this point? Uh, in his uh, in his backstory where his uh, event happens, he's probably about 16 or 17. So the city you live in, largely humans and half orcs and that sort of type or just or half orcs? Yeah, the, the village that they're in is uh, a blended village of a lot of humans and orcs and half orcs it's uh, a place where they all kind of gathered together to live peacefully moot's family how are they ingrained in the village uh pretty well i mean his his folks are around his dad's name is orel and his mom's name is odania which are his two middle names the two o's in his names because uh, he has so many brothers and sisters that they ran out of middle names by the time they got to him so they just named him after themselves it's a, it's a bright, sunny day, and uh, we find Moot hanging out with some some friends. Who's he hanging out with? Oh, good question. Um, probably some other half-orc kids. We'll go with his friends, uh, Davy and um, Raquel. You're hanging around with Davy and Raquel, and uh, you guys are talking. You know, you're you're doing what you know young half orcs do, and you're just you know, kind of having a conversation about some some things that you heard the night prior. You heard primarily a loud explosion that ran through the forest. Did you guys did you guys hear that last night? Yeah, the uh, the the rumbly rumbly thing. Yeah, what was that? I don't know. My my mom said it was an explosion. Wow. Who'd be exploding things here? I don't know. I mean, it's pretty pretty quiet place, really. Yeah, no. Um, it's probably like, I don't know, like people trying to mine trees. People don't mine trees, Davey. What are you talking about? What do about? you mean people don't mine trees? Well, they, they do you cut th them down. They don't mine them. Hmm. But my dad said that that's how they make wood. I mean, uh, I, I don't I don't really know about that, Davy, but uh, I don't I still don't think you mind trees. Yeah, you're kind of a fucking idiot, Davy. Oh, geez. Why do we keep him around? He's fun. So that's something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fun. Right. I think that's good. Uh, I don't know. Um, sorry, explosion. Did did you hear anything else about what it what it might have been? I mean, I I don't know. My my parents seem pretty concerned about it, but just I mean, they didn't really say too much else in front of me, so it was, it's hard to say. My folks are saying there's some some weird stuff happening, like outside of the forest, like big cults or something like that. Have you heard anything about that? Oh, shit. No, that, that doesn't sound good, though. No. I don't know. They seem pretty cagey about it. Like, they didn't want to tell us. 
Mm. Like, like maybe they were trying to hide something, but it doesn't seem very good if there's like people mining for wood over there. I mean, right, maybe. Yeah, it's. it's uh, hopefully they they leave the forest alone. I mean, that's our home. Yeah, exactly. That's all I'm saying. Oh well. Hey, maybe we go check and see with uh with uh, old man what's his nuts over there. You know, old old man Barkley. Yeah. Old man Barkley, see if he knows anything. Uh, yeah, I guess we could go, go check with him. Let's uh, let's head over there. Old man Barkley doesn't know anything. He'd probably tell us they can't mine wood. I mean, we've been telling you we can't mine wood. Okay, well if he tells me, then I'll believe it. Okay, Davy. You guys uh, carry on to uh, old man Barkley's, which is just a a rickety old shack at the edge of town. You see him sitting out in his uh, in his front front yard, just kind of enjoying a, a cup of moonshine. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, Barkley, do you, do you know anything about what happened last night? We heard a big big rumble, and my my mom said it was an explosion. Moot, you gotta say hello first. That's how oh, you start conversation. Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, hey, hey, Barkley. Hey, Moot, Davy, Raquel. Sorry. Been drinking the cup. You've been you hitting. Know. You've been hitting the shine today. Well, you know when they uh, tell you to stay at the edge of town, what else are you gonna do? Anyways, what was your question? Did you? Did what? What happened last night? We, there was something about an explosion nearby. Do you have any idea what's going on? Uh, yeah. Um, I did hear it. It did wake me up from my stupor. Dream, my dream. Um, you know, it's, it's probably nothing to worry about. You know, they, they've been, uh, they've been, like, mining. Yeah, wood. Wood, right? No. Davey, they don't mine wood. They don't. I've been telling you for, for weeks, Davey. Oh, right. Anyway. There's some new mining things going up not too far from here. It's probably just that. Oh. Uh, okay, well, yeah. I mean, that takes a load off. Thanks, Barkley. What do you know about the, uh, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. What do you know about the cult situation things happening? The, yeah, I, I just kind of, I just kind of heard about this from Raquel. I don't, I don't really know too much. Oh, well, there's some, there were some folks passing through here that said, um, there's some cult things happening where there's like, there's this people trying to bring like dragons back or something. Oh, Dragons are cool. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, dragons are sweet, dude. Sweet. Um, but I think what they're doing is, you know, not not the most good things. Oh. That's what they say anyways. It was just one group. I mean, they were probably just trying to swindle me from a shine. Yeah, well, yeah you, you got to watch out for that, hey? Right? Right? So what are you kids up to today? I mean, I don't know. We were just kind of hanging out. You know, walking around in the forest. You should get a job. I mean, I don't I don't know. Like my my dad's always looking for help at the mill, but you know, he says I'm kinda too young still. How old are you? No, uh, about to turn seventeen. Ah. Oh, when I was seventeen I was I was working. I was really I really thought there was that? gonna be more to that. <laughs> nope. Nope, no more. I was working. I was earning a living. I had 16 kids of my own, probably. Wow, that's a lot of kids for that young in life. 
Well, that's what they called me. The man with too many kids for his age. Anyway, I'll probably let you kids get back to doing what you're doing, kid things. Uh, yeah, I, I guess we should we should head back. Uh, see you, see you, Barkley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come back anytime. I'll tell you stories. I mean, we probably won't. <laughs> you head back to town and you spend the rest of the day, you know, doing what kids do. Nighttime comes. Uh, your friends all kind of rush back to their houses. And uh, what does uh, what does Moot do? Uh, heads home for for dinner as well. He usually helps out, you know, setting the table, that sort of thing. Yeah, you get back home just as uh, just as your your mother is uh, kind of finishing up the meal. You smell it as you walk through. It's one of your favorites too. What do you smell? Uh, yeah, obviously smelling uh, cutlets of some sort. Maybe pork, pork cutlets. You walk through the door and you smell those delicious pork cutlets. Um, and uh, you hear your mom call, "Somebody, come set the table." Now I'm on it. Oh, good, good, good. What uh, what you, what you been up to today? Uh, we were out in the in the forest, and then we ran across uh, Barkley, and he was. I told you not to go by old Barkley's. I know, but he's harmless. Harmless? The man had sixteen kids by the time he was seventeen. Yeah, he was telling us about that. What a weird choice, <laughs> right? What were you going out there for? Well, we were talking about that explosion last night, and then. Mm. Uh, Raquel mentioned something about a cult or something, and then Barkley was talking about a cult. I don't know. It was all really weird. Do you know anything about this cult? Cult? Um, mm, I heard something, but it didn't sound like anything too serious. You know, just, you know what cults, cults is as cults does. I mean, I don't, but okay. I mean, they were probably just mining trees. I, I really don't think that's a thing. Why does everybody keep saying that? I hear it's a new way to do it. Anyways, <laughs> it's going to put the mills out of the business. Your father's not going to be too happy about it, yeah, but we'll just keep not. that between you and me, okay? Okay. Uh, speaking of which, your father walks through the door and he sees you setting the table and says, Oh, good job. You have a good day? Yeah, it was pretty good. How, how was the mill? When are you going to come work with me? I mean, you've been telling me I'm too young, so... I've been waiting for you to, to say this exact thing to me. Well, today's the day, boy. Okay, maybe not today, because it's the end of the day and the mill's actually closed. <laughs> but tomorrow's the day, boy. Awesome, I can't wait. Can't believe I didn't say this sooner. That means I get to work less while you do more work. Because I'm training you. Yeah, that's usually how training works. <laughs> yeah. It's not twice as much work for the person training the new person at all. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Easy couple of weeks for me. Your your brothers and sisters, those that are, are around, they come in and uh, everybody sits down to a big meal. You go through the evening and it's about time for bed. Everybody goes and climbs in and your dad... Yells out to you, he's like, get, get some good rest tonight, tomorrow, get some good rest tonight. That's the, that's the sentence I was looking for. Were you were you into the shine with Barkley earlier? <laughs> no, don't go see Barkley. He's not, he's not good news. Anyways, what I'm saying is, big day at work tomorrow. Okay, great, I'll, I'll go hop into bed. You drift off to sleep, and... You're not sure how much time passes, but it's uh, it's a 
It's a late sunset and it's pitch black when you wake up. You wake up to the sound of screams coming from the streets. I hop out of bed and run into my parents' room. I say, what's happening? Uh, your mother and some of your brothers and sisters, they're in the room, um, and your father is uh, not in there. Your mother says, he's he's out, uh, he's out by, uh, he went to go see what's going on, told us to stay here. Stay here? We, we, we gotta go help him. You and your two brothers are like, okay, let's, uh, Let's let's go let's go see what what we can help him with. You head out and the front door is open and you see people running and screaming and there's uh, there's lanterns and you look across and down the street and you see someone throw one into uh, what you know as uh, Raquel's house. The house goes up quickly in flames and you hear screaming from inside the house and you see. A couple people dressed in black robes and cloaks, and uh, they are running around, uh, some of them carrying bags, some of them carrying weapons. What do you do? Uh, yeah, I, I yell into my mom. I say, like, they're they're burning people's houses. We, we have to get out of here. She yells back and begins bringing out your, your sisters, who are in there as well, and kind of looks out the window and two of these people come and stand in front of you and your brothers. And they say, look, if you don't put up a fight, we're not gonna hurt ya. Yeah, yeah, what he said. Uh, uh yeah, I, I mean, please don't, please don't hurt us. It, why, why are you burning people's houses? You kind of hear from behind you, three more people begin to move into your house. What? There's there's nothing in there. Just what's happening? Just don't worry about it, okay? There's there's things above you, kid, that you're just you're not ready to understand yet. Now give us everything you've got in the house, and nobody else gets hurt. You hear screams from inside your house. I'm gonna bolt for the house. Dexterity check. Okay. Uh, that's a 13. You managed to outrun one of the people behind you. And you get in and uh, you see one of the men with his arm raised towards your your mother and your sisters with a sword in hand. I kind of shoot like the arm out like, no! But while I'm doing this, a like beam of white light like streaks out of my hand. And and towards the, the man with his arm raised. The temperature of the room drops several degrees, and this white light hits this man, and he seems frozen in the place uh, where he was. Your mother and your sisters scream even louder as they see what you have done. And I kind of look down at my hand like what the fuck just happened they run back into the house and into their room um, and two men come behind you and move to grab you and the same thing happens this 
blue-white light emanates from your hand, from your bodies, and it freezes these people in place, and a rift seems to open up in front of you, and you see a deep purple-black energy, and you feel it begin to course through you, something you've never experienced before. And the men frozen in place shatter to the ground. And I'm just kind of staring at both my hands like dumbfounded. Your brothers are standing watching from behind you and say, what, what, what happened? I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I. He's just speechless. You hear an explosion out in the town. And you look out the window and you see a lot of these these men that you didn't recognize dressed in the dark robes. They run away. They have bags full over their shoulders. Screaming is still happening, but they look like they're fleeing the town. You go out into the street, and there are many more houses on fire. Is there any sort of, like, water stations or anything that I can, like, try to help try to put these fires out? Yep, there's, uh, there's, a, there's a well um, in, this, in town center. You see people running back and forth as quickly as they can um, to little to no avail. The, the city itself is by morning half destroyed. And news spreads quickly about what happened with Moot. Despite the fact that you you did what is deemed as is totally good because you saved your, your family, people begin to look warily upon you. That's shitty but kind of fair (laughs) magic and those types of things is more or less frowned upon and you're sitting at the the table the next day and uh your your dad sits down with you he was out fighting the fires and he sits down with you and says well well uh well, boy, I don't think we're going to be going into work today. Not just because the place is burned down, but because we've been asked to leave. All of us? Well, most specifically, you. But I mean, we can't. We can't leave. 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 Leave you. I, but I mean. Everyone's life is here. You can't. You can't leave. I mean, the town needs to be rebuilt and people need homes and there's there's so much to do here. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. But what are are we to do? Let our let our let our shining star, our, our lovely moot go out on the world on his own. I mean, I can't. I can't ask everybody to to come with me. That's that's not fair either. Um, 
I mean, I know the the villagers are are wary and and they're worried. Uh, this is I, I'm worried too because I don't know what's happening. But what if what if I left for a while and and went to go find some sort of teacher who could make me help me harness whatever this is that I've got going on, and then I can come back. Teachers, who? Are you, where are you going to find a teacher? Well, I mean, who even teaches these things? I don't, I don't know, but there's got to be somebody in like Neverwinter. There's all sorts of magicians and things. Sure, sure, yeah, Neverwinter. All right. Um, yeah, okay, sure, yeah. How about we think the day on it, and then uh, we'll decide whether your magician teachers are real, and then. Or if we're going to go be realistic about life and go find somewhere else to live and then just maybe be just, I don't know, put gloves on you so you don't freeze anybody. I I mean, I, I, I guess that's it's. I, I guess that's an option, but this is. I I'm worried. What if what if this happens again and it's it's someone that that's not trying to kill us that I heard what like I don't I don't know what to do here let's just think on it that they've given us a day we can sort it out we'll sleep on it figure out what we're gonna do in the morning okay you go through the day I don't know how much going out you do not a lot doesn't seem like everyone's too fucking happy to see me <laughs> but uh, night comes everybody kind of nestles in and goes to sleep you're lying awake. I pack a few belongings in like a knapsack sort of thing. Uh, write out a brief note that says, you know, like, I'll come back when I can. Gone to get some answers. You know, all the best sort of thing. And I sneak off into the night. So, Norixius Acra, or Glim. Yes. Where is she from? Her clan lives in the Misty Forest, on the edge of the Misty Forest. And she lives with a, a large clan or a small clan of dragonborn there? I think she lives with, gosh, let's say, I mean, quite a, a small clan. I think there are sort of several clan enclaves in the same area that sort of all like, mm -hmm. you know, trade together and intermarry and all of that. She's not, you know, totally isolated growing up like my girl knew Lara was, but her clan itself is probably like 60 people. And that's all basically like her family, right? Her family and kind of extended family. Dealings with outside like you live in pretty much like a, a, a community solely based on dragonborn. Yes. Probably a little bit more sheltered. Well, maybe not sheltered, but there's probably only like passer-throughs of, of other races. Yeah, definitely. So that is predominantly like the people she has been around, the people she has grown up with, you know, like bards come through 
every once in a while. So that's how they, of course, like get their news. And so she sees different races that way. And they're always kind of, you know, like adventurers and whatnot um, that kind of roll through. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, she's grown up in with Dragonborns. Your family, they send you off somewhere. Not, not because of it for any reason, just to kind of go get resources, but you say perhaps Glim is, is a good hunter-gatherer, or perhaps she might actually be not so much. Not so much. I think that Glim, um, she has thus far in her life, she's only 25, has sort of um, been like almost literally the golden child. Like she has been glimmer. Um, <laughs> she can buy so on she her has, looks a lot. Um, not necessarily her looks, but um, because she and her clan and the surrounding enclaves like all sort of believe that she is destined for something great and have since she was very small. Um, not necessarily something great, but they believe she is, you know, a million generations later, a descendant of Bahamut. So she is like kind of spoiled. She is like a, a good person, but um, yeah, is hasn't faced a lot of struggle in her life, let's say. Let's take that a different way then. There's a bard that's come through, an orc, long tusks, and he comes through and he's telling tales of battles going on in Faerun. You watch his songs and you watch his, you listen to his stories and you come to learn through them that there is perhaps something that you might have been shielded from or just not told by some of your elders is that there is a cult of the dragon and they are trying to rise Tiamat, who is the polar opposite to Bahamut. The bard is is singing in the center of your your village. Everybody's kind of crowded around him, listening to these stories. Some look a little more shocked than others. Others look like this is, you know, they might have heard of these tales. Um, but you you come in and you catch you catch the majority of one of these last songs, singing tales of uh, what he calls the decimator of dragons. And as he wraps up, everybody kind of claps and uh, gives him some change in food um, and begins going about their day. So he's tidying up his stuff up at the front. Uh, what does Glim do? Well, I'm going to go talk to him. Um, excuse me, sir. Yeah, uh, yes, yes. Um, what do you, you... Surely, please don't take this the wrong way, but surely you must be exaggerating a little bit about the state of the world. I mean, Tiamat couldn't be rising. That's crazy. Oh, no, my dear. Um, yeah, uh, yes, the, the world beyond your, your village here is, um... Uh, how do I say, uh, going to the shit. Oh, but, I mean, surely the followers of Bahamut are, are fighting against, I mean, our god is so kind and powerful and wise yeah. and strong. I yeah. mean, there's 
So how can you what's I guess I'm just confused. I, un- I understand that, your confusion, my dear. Um, you live in a very central... How do I put this? Um, so, you you, you are shiny dragon. Mm-hmm. There's, there's the not shiny dragons, and then there's the shiny dragons. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. The, the, the not shiny dragons, they, they, they want to take over the world... And, uh, yeah, and the, and the shiny dragons are there, I think. Or get, they're, they're around, and I think they try to stop. I don't know. What about just the, the normal people? Aren't, how, how can there be so many followers of Tiamat that they can overwhelm all the other people in the world? Oh, um, yeah, they... Um, well, they have lots of things where they, they, they take in all these people and they destroy their villages and they steal all their stuff and, oh boy, they make it very difficult for people to be around. So lots of people have been fleeing from them because there's not a lot of, of warriors, but some, some warriors, the decimators of dragons, as you heard they are standing up for what is good and what is right, and they are—they are the ones who are leading the leading the battle to try to stop. They must be very brave and smart warriors. Yes, yes, they are—they are the bravest and the smartest. I—I I think I met them once. Um, you know, they were okay. Um. Well, sir, thank you, thank you for coming and and seeing us and telling us the news. And I give him some you know, coins and food and stuff. And then I go to try and find my parents. Thank you. Thank you. And you, uh, you, you head off to where you think you'll find them. Where, where is that exactly? Probably. Well, I guess, I mean, they were, everybody was just kind of there, you know, watching the, mm-hmm. the bard. So I think they're probably just like walking back to our domicile. So their names are my parents, Spark and Bean. Gonna have to help me with mother and father here, or mother and mother, or <laughs> father and father. I don't. Um. Oh, I like that. Okay. Yes, mother and mother. Spark and Bean. Perfect. Uh. Yeah. You. You catch up to them as uh, as they get back to your home. Um. And they're kind of just entering the door, and they see you coming, and they're like, "Oh, yes, yes, yes. Come in, come in, Glenn." And they open the door for you as they see you running up. Mom, Mama because they have to have different names because they're both moms. Did you... Did you know that that's happening in the world? That this cult is trying to rise Tiamat? Oh, you you heard that, did you? I did, and then I talked to the orc bard, and he told me, I mean, things... Things are really terrible. He, yes. Yes, they... Things seem to be... We've heard from more than... More than more than just that bard, um, that things are not well. Um, in fact, some of our own have gone out to see uh, if they can help. Um, and it, it appears that uh, dragons and dragon type are trying to do things that would hurt others right now. Well... Don't you think it's our duty to stop them from doing that? 
surely we can't just stay here and do nothing if Tiamat might be rising. I mean, that is... For the love of Bahamut, we couldn't possibly just <laughs> let that happen. We have to go do something. You see them kind of look between each other and one of, uh, uh, we'll say, Bean. Is that Mama or Mom? Yep, that's Mama. Uh, your, your Mama, Bean. Uh, she kind of rolls her eyes a little bit at, uh, at Spark, your mom. And your mom says, Glim, we've been, we've been trying to keep you from, from what is happening. And I feel like, I feel like you are old enough now that you you can know the world is is not a great place for for our kind right now there are many people who look to either recruit us to to uh, make us slaves to larger dragons or to harm us because they don't understand who we are. You have a special place in this. And being your mama, she, she kind of crosses her arms and walks into the next room. We were, I, I, it sounds crazy, but it came to us in a, a dream that you would rise to be a great protector, a great warrior, someone who people could turn to. But our elders and and your and your mama, she didn't want to tell you this. She they they want to I want to protect you, but it might be time for you to see the elders and to go off on your own. I I I think that I have to. I mean, surely. I'm not so worth protecting. We can let Tiamat rise. I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy. I have to help. We should all help, even if it's hard, even if it means leaving here. I think it's the right thing to do. Your mama, she comes back in and she says, I will take her. She picks a bag up off the floor that she was clearly packing in the next room and hands it to you and says, we have people to see. Okay, mama, let's go. She hands you the bag and you head out and you begin heading off down a path you probably haven't well, you might have gone down, but you travel for quite a ways until you get to a building you haven't 
been to before. And on the on the the wall is a symbol that you recognize. It's the symbol of Bahamut. It's me, Russ Moore. You heard me just in this past episode here. Fancy seeing you at the end. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. We're Dungeons and Dragons, and we hope that you enjoyed the episode here today. If you'd like to find more from us, you can visit dumbdragons.com or search for Dungeons and Dragons wherever you listen to podcasts. Yet right there on your phone right now, you can click the search button, Dungeons, D-U-M-B-G-E-O-N-S, and Dragons. Yeah, there we are. You click. And then you subscribe or follow or whichever your app does. We're we're walking through it together, and it's a glorious adventure that we're both on. While you're at it, you can follow us on Twitter at DumbDragonCast or on Facebook, Facebook.com slash DumbDragonPodcast. And I think we're on Instagram too, right? Yeah, at DumbDragonCast over there. That's enough from me. We hope to see you on the adventure with Dungeons & Dragons. You have a great week. We'll talk again soon. Dungeons & Dragons is a Dumb Dragons production. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The world has still ended. Darcy was a cafeteria worker. Do you see that minotaur sitting out in the food court? What minotaur? Just an ordinary, everyday human, probably. Egerton, you didn't even need a fairy cake. Why did you eat a fairy cake? Because I stress eat sometimes. Egerton was a PR flack for the imperial government. This extremely devastating explosion was, in fact, a celebration. He's a flightless fairy with a sweet tooth. There were some zombies, but Blatt blew them up. I climbed a tree. And we're skipping ahead. And we're skipping ahead. Blatt used to be a filing clerk. I'll pneumatic tube it up, sir. Now he's discovering the secrets of his half-demon heritage, like his ability to summon a soul-bound weapon. Oh, you're here to destroy a time, eh? Well, eat bazooka! (laughs) Three normal dweebs, rescued from the end of the world and sent on a last-ditch quest to save all of reality. There is a way to stop the shattering, but we need you three. The End of Time and Other Bothers, an improvised fantasy role-playing game set in the world of Alba Salix. Find it in your favorite podcast app or visit otherbothers.com. There's no evil, so you're welcome. Flawless logic. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.